Welcome to Denim Wrapped Nightmares, Tipsy Exchange Podcast, where we explore the Supernatural series episode by episode. Over drinks, we'll discuss the lore, the gore, and what we adore about the Winchesters and their adventures. I'm Burley, and I'm a new fan of the series. I'm LA, and I'm here along for the ride. Now let's get tipsy. Hello, LA. Hello, Burley. I didn't like it. I don't even want to revisit it, but oh, yeah. it's our it's our whole little outline here, so I'm going to go for it. Sam and Dean went to investigate the appearance of a young female presumed ghost in a house that was up for market. Someone had been murdered in the house. They totally thought it was a vengeful spirit, but it really wasn't. And things got really complicated when a new family was moving into the home. They failed to get the family to leave before they could conclude their investigation. One of the kids got kidnapped through the walls, but Sam and Dean were able to rescue the boy and most of the family. Yeah. That was last week. Very nice. Or not last week. Last episode. Yes. Today's episode is called Chris Angel is a Douchebag. <laughs> It is the 12th episode of the fourth season. It aired on January 22nd, 2009. I did not believe that that was the name of the episode. You didn't. But it sure is. I appreciate that you thought I was so creative that I just came up with that, though. Yeah, I did. Uh, Well, this one starts out, and we see that it is magic week. There is a magician on the street, and he has a heart-shaped balloon, and he turns it into a a white dove. And we see the signs up. I'm, I'm guessing we're, are they in New York? Vegas? Did it ever say? It said Sioux City. Oh. Oh. I don't know what state that is, though. Okay. We'll just not talk about where they're. We'll just move past it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Next up, we see a man at a bar, and he's playing with a deck of cards. There's a couple, a man and a woman, down the other side of the bar. And the guy's a real jerk and keeps, like, kind of goading and poking at the, the guy with the cards. Mm-hmm. And this, is, this he's a nice guy. He's talking with the bartender. And she actually asks him for a card trick. When he starts to do it, the guy, the guy that's in the couple comes over and is, like, dogging on him and comes over and reaches in his jacket po- pocket, which, personal space guy, mm-hmm. stranger, and pulls out the card that he was, you know, supposedly fi- supposed to find that was her card. So he ruined his trip. Ruined it. Yeah. It was dick move. Yeah. Like, mind your own business. Yeah. The bartender got on to the dickhead. His name was Vance. Right. And was like, just leave the old guy alone. And then the guy, like, looked up. He obviously wasn't a fan of having just been referred to as the old guy. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, great. We've got, like, a middle-aged, late-age, golden years crisis episode on our hands to remind us all that we're aging and dying. <laughs> No. I was not wrong. I was not wrong. You weren't, but don't <laughs> say it like that. Well, we find out the guy that was at the bar with the card trick, his name is Jay. And he is now at a theater watching this other magician, a younger ma- magician, do like his rehearsal or something. And his two buddies are behind him, Charlie and Vernon. And they're kind of reminiscing. Reminiscing? Mm-hmm. They're reminiscing on how back in their day and... They're old now. Nobody wants to see their shows. They're like after people like this douchebag that they're watching. Jay's words, not mine. (laughs) And he decides to tell them that he wants to go and do the table of death, even though it almost killed him years ago when he tried to do it. So later that evening, he's all dressed up. 
putting on a show. His friend, I think it's Charlie, helps him put get the restraints on, ties him up or whatever. And then above him is a, the ceiling has stakes coming out of it. Yeah. I, believe, I think they said like 10. It was like an upside down table hanging from the ceiling. And yeah, it had like 10 spikes, stake yeah. things. Yeah. So the whole thing is that Charlie goes to burn the rope that's holding up the ceiling and it'll eventually fall on Jay, but Jay has to get out of the restraints before that happens or he's going to die. Somehow we we don't see it, but all of a sudden after the ceiling comes down, Jay opens the curtain and he's fine. Not a wound, nothing on him. He's fine. He's, he's literally standing in front of the table at this point. Mm-hmm. Through the shadow curtain that they had covering it, it looked like he did not slip his restraints in time. So it's like, how the fuck did that just happen? Yeah. And then it flashes to our guy from the bar who was heckling Jay. Vance. Vance, yes. He, yeah. Yeah. he is walking out of a theater or the bar, I can't remember. But he's walking and all of a sudden just get, kind of stops in his tracks, grabs his chest, falls to the ground. And we just see like... Little blood spurts coming up on his shirt in, in like, different areas. Ten. Yes. It's like ten. Yeah. Perfectly spaced down his torso. Yeah. The younger magician that they were working, nope, that they were watching earlier, I think his name is Jeb. Mm -hmm. Jeb Dexter. Yeah. He is out on the street doing a card trick. Real. He's real douchey. Yeah. And Sam and Dean kind of come up on him and are watching him. And Dean even calls him a douchebag. But they are on their way to investigate what happened to Vance. They say that there's some guy that died of 10 stab wounds without even a single tear in his shirt. So how the hell did that happen? Suspicious. Yes. This guy, Vance, kind of stole from other magicians. He was a magician and then stole kind of their tricks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he hated card tricks. Which is why I guess he was kind of heckling Jay that night. Yeah, why he was being such an asshole. Yeah. And they find that he had a tarot card on him when he died. I think it was in his pocket. And it was the, I don't know the name of it. Swords? Ten Swords? I think it was Ten of Swords. Yeah. Something like that. They they think that's odd. Well, actually, they go to talk to his girlfriend or coworker or whatever. And she's the one that shows them that the card was on him. Mm -hmm. Which she says he, it was, doesn't make sense since he hated cards. So they're already they're they're their interest is peaked. They're gonna investigate. Before they went and talked to the assistant, I did think it was cute when Sam and Dean were walking down the street and Dean was talking about how Jeb Dexter was such a douchebag and card tricks are stupid and magic is dumb. And Sam was just like, Well, I mean, not all of it. True. And it was revealed that Sammy went through a phase when he was younger that he was really into magic and had like the wand and the little magic kit and everything. That was cute. I loved that. (laughs) I forgot about that. That was really cute. That was really cute. So next we see Jay again. He's chatting with, uh, I think Charlie. I don't know if was Vern in there. doesn't matter. (laughs) And he's talking about how, I mean, yesterday you were sad, old and dying. And now you're like one of the greats, like pulling off all these tricks. How is it? Like what's going on? Jay shows him that he shuffles the deck, pulls out three aces from the middle of the deck, and tells Charlie he worked for years to be able to pull one ace from the deck. And now he's just doing pulling three aces. And then he pull, pulls out the fourth ace from Charlie's pocket. Mm-hmm. So he's on a roll. Yeah. He is doing good. It was impressive. Yeah. In preparation for Jay's show later that evening, it's called The Incredible Jay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
We see Jeb, and he's on the phone complaining to, I guess, his manager or something about his career and whatnot. And he sits down with Jay to kind of do an interview with him for some documentary he's working on. And he's just flat out rude to him. Like, doesn't even get his name right. And then just tells him, oh, it doesn't matter. We'll we'll change it in post. Yeah, I was about to say, whenever Jay corrected him, he just totally dismissed him like, it's fine. Like, like whatever. You can't just correct yourself and say my right name? Yeah. You can't just be like, my bad, and say and start over? Yeah. It's not like it was a freaking speech, man. He was a douchebag. And again, yes. Yeah, he was a total douchebag. While this is going on, Dean is chatting up Vernon and Charlie. Vernon tells of um, this other guy that Vance cheated. And tells him that his name is Chief, and he comes up with that address right away Yeah, when Dean asks for it. <laughs> Turns out that Dean goes to this address and shows up, asks for the Chief. This guy leads him into this room, and you can tell there's like, it's like a club somewhere nearby. Like, you can hear the music. It didn't even seem like it was a street. It seemed like it was an alleyway that he yeah. was walking down. Like, it was shady from the get-go, even though they gave him a street address. It did not seem like he was on a street. Nah. It was obviously a private club to to begin with. Yeah. And then we see this guy comes up from this door that's below these little this little set of stairs, which I was like, oh, is he an angel? Because the, the way he was coming up, it was a little dramatic with the light behind yeah. him. And I was like, oh, is this going to be another angel? That wasn't an angel. That was a bear. No. That was a bear of a man. Yes. He had a whole big old whip in his hands and everything. Full leather chaps, <laughs> oh, yeah. vest. Little motorcycle cap. Is that what they're called? Little driver cap or whatever? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. But he tells Dean, you are really going to get it tonight, boy. Yeah. And that's he all. said big boy. Oh, did he? Big boy. Yeah. You're going to get it tonight, big boy. And I was like, I'm sorry, but who are you calling a big boy, big right? boy? Like, how tall was he? Right. Oh, my. And he asks Dean what his safe word is. <laughs> and Dean is like, first of all, I... It turns out, apparently, Dean stayed. We find out later, because I thought it was just going to, like, hightail it out of there, but okay. We didn't see him leave. Uh-uh. We don't know how long he was there. No. <laughs> While that's going on, Sam's at the motel. Ruby shows up, and she's like, what the hell are you doing? You're wasting time. This isn't important. You know, the world's about to end. The, she reveals that the 34 seals have now been broken, and the angels, she repeats, like, again, the angels are losing. And she says that, you know, Sam is the only one that can do this and, like, basically cut the head off the snake to stop this, meaning Lilith. He doesn't want to do it. He's kind of like, no. But she's kind of pressing him and says that he should admit it to himself that he likes it. Yeah. Which we don't know what it is. What is it? Again, what is the thing? It cannot be good. What is? I I still think, like, blood sacrifice, like, something like that. I don't know, though. What is it? I want to know. I don't know. But on her way out, she tells him that, you know, oceans of people are going to die if Lucifer rises. So she just, like, leaves him with that thought. So noodle that one. Mm-hmm. And figure out what you're going to do. So they're back with Vernon and Charlie. And they, the boys kind of co- come up to him and kind of threaten him in a way. And I think it's Vernon who's like, we know you're not feds, dude. Yeah. Like, we con people for a living. Come on. Dean's like, thanks for the chief hookup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was real good. Y'all got me. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but they learned that Jay is now going to do this other trick called the ex- Executioner. Mm-hmm. And so we're back at his show that evening, and we learned that it is 
where he's going to be put in a straitjacket with a noose around his neck. And slip everything. What? And slip everything. Slip, yeah, 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 yeah. Slip. I don't slip know what, on out of it all. I don't know what this little physical physicality like that I'm yeah. doing over here to like demonstrate. It. This is what I'd do if I was in a straitjacket to, like, mm-hmm. slip out of it. I think that's what you do. Yeah. Well, we see, while this is going on, we see Jeb back at his hotel, I guess. Hotel yeah. room, and he is very he's listening to some pretty hard music, and just staring at himself in the mirror. Yeah, just like checking himself out. <laughs> so as one does, you know, I do it every morning. Yeah, because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. That's it's what it true. made me think of. It. What was his name? Who? That was a skit off of an old Saturday. Oh what yeah. Was it Stewart? Oh, God, I don't. Yeah. Oh, I Hang think it on, is Stewart. Let me Google. Let me. Google I think you're real right. Quick. I think you're right. I think it was Stuart Daily Affirmation. <laughs> Hang on. Stuart Smalley. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew you were right. I knew Stuart sounded right. <laughs> I wasn't certain. I, I, um, thinking that far back, I feel like I confuse characters from Saturday Night Live and Mad TV sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like I get I them mixed that. up. So that's why I was like, Is, am I thinking of the right thing? <laughs> yeah. You got it. You nailed it. That's what, that's what Jeb was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if that is what he's doing, it's sad what comes next. Oh, my goodness, because, yes. <laughs> because for some, I mean, well, I say for some reason he is a magician. I'm sure this that coincides with why he had a noose in his hotel room. But there's this noose that we see behind him in the mirror kind of moving on its own, goes up into the ceiling and wraps around the ceiling fan, mm-hmm. comes down, goes around Jeb's neck, and hangs him. At Jay's show, of course... He, the curtains open. Magically free again. He is holding the straight jacket in his hand. He is free. No noose around his neck. Uh, th- Dean thought it was awesome. Yeah. Was like, he was real excited. <laughs> but Sam was like, that's not humanly possible. Mm-hmm. So he is, he's like, okay, something's up. Something shady. He's on board. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of trying to figure out what it could be. Is it a spell for like death transference? Uh, but the, the, the tarot card doesn't fit in. I think it's Dean who starts talking about, like, I hope I die before I get old. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're chit-chatting about that, getting old, like what it would be like if they're still doing this job later on, like these guys. And Sam mentions, like, what if there was a way to put an end to it all? Like, cut off the head of the snake. Quoting Ruby's girl. Yep. I do have a problem with this conversation for one reason. Yes. So they were like, you know, what are we going to do? Be hunting demons still when we're 60? Like, it's either going to end bloody or sad. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what? You want to be like Travis, who we met Travis in Metamorphosis. He got eaten alive. And then he was like, or Gordon. I'm sorry. Gordon, Ster- played by Sterling K. Brown. That was not a 60-year-old man. What are y'all talking True. about? Well, I mean, they were probably just being. How like, old was he supposed like, to be? he's older than us. Not much older, I didn't feel like. Yeah. How old was he supposed to be? I mean, I, I don't know. But I, I understand I took what you're offense. saying. I, I get took, it. I took offense when suddenly Gordon's name was thrown in the mix. I was like, wait a minute. Gordon was in his prime. True. True. I didn't like it when Dean was like, oh, Bobby's a great example. I was like, hey. Yeah. That's your surrogate daddy. Who you were crying for like an episode ago to yeah. come back. So Come back from hedonism and hug me, daddy. Yeah. I didn't like that. So get better examples, boys. Yeah. Well, they decide that Sam is going to track Jay. Dean goes and checks on the tarot card. And they discover that they found the hanged man tarot card on Jeb's body. And when they meet back up, I liked this. 
uh, Dean asks uh, what what he found on Jay, what Sam found on Jay, and Sam's like, he slipped me. Yeah, slipped me. Dean's like, he's a sixty year old man, and <laughs> Sam just repeated like, slipped me. He slipped me. He, yeah, quit being ageist, Dean. Right. So they go to Jay's apart or apart. I guess they're living in the hotel of this place. Like. I think when you're like an act in a hotel, that's probably common. Yeah. That they have you stay there while you're performing. They go to Jay's hotel room and meet him, start chatting with him, talking to him. And well, they dramatically kicked in the door because you. Oh, that's true. You I did. did com- yes, you yes, commented yes, yes, on that. It was a bit much. <laughs> it was a bit much. He didn't even lock the door behind him. You guys could have just opened it and gone right in. Right. And they already had their guns pulled. I was going to say, and, and you everything. mentioned, I didn't think about it, but then you were like, your guns are out? It's like, really, guys? Yeah. What are you, angels? Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) These angels are a bad influence on the Winchester boys. I guess so. (laughs) They start kind of interrogating him and tell him, like, they're like, oh, what, you, you, you know, you killed Vernon and now you've killed Jeb. And Jay's like, whoa, 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 Jeb's dead. So he doesn't know anything about it. They decide to tie Jay to a chair while they go over and chit chat and think this over. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, after they're done saying whatever they are saying to each other, they turn around and Jay's gone. Yeah. Just just the ropes in the chair left. They run out, go looking for him. They're like, he couldn't have gotten far. But we re- we see that he he's still in the hotel room. Yeah. He just went in like a closet or the bathroom or something. The cops pull up and Jay runs down the stairs and he's obviously called the cops on <laughs> Sam and Dean saying that he tied him. He's the one that tied them up or tied him up and everything. So then Jay goes to Charlie and he's talking he's talking about what's happened to Vance, talking about what happened to Jeb, like how is this happening? How out of nowhere is he all of a sudden like so good at all his tricks again? He even admitted, like, I don't even know how I slipped my restraints in right. those two performances. Like I know I did it and I, I lit, but I I don't know how I did it. I don't remember actually getting out. Right. So he's realizing something. Something's not adding up. Right. And then he sadly reveals that he was actually planning on killing himself with mm-hmm. that table of death that night. Yeah. That he wasn't planning to slip the restraints. And so how the fuck did I do it? I wasn't right. even trying. Which is just so sad. Charlie is like kind of telling him like, no, you're crazy. Like, don't like, don't throw this opportunity away. Like, mm-hmm. You know, they only have so long because we keep talking about how old they are, but they're not really that old. So they proceed to go and do... Um, forget what are they oh they're doing the table of death again Mm -hmm. this evening for this act and we see vernon watching while charlie goes to the back after he's set everything up for jay and same thing happens but this time it's poor charlie that gets stabbed with the table of death stakes or whatever Mm -hmm. and jay calls vernon later on to meet with him because he wants to he at this point he talked to the boys they think you know the only thing common denominator would be Vernon that is involved in this. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes sense. So Jay calls Vernon to meet, meet him in his room. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. They meet up while the boys are searching his room, Vernon's room. Vernon meets Jay at the stage and tells him he just got off the phone with like the, I don't know, the head honchos or whatever, and that the headliner gig is now hits. So yeah. Jay's doing real well. And Vernon's like, this is our shot. But Jay like stops him right there and it's, and starts accusing him of, being the one behind all of this. And Vernon's like, you're crazy. I don't know anything what you're talking about. Behind Jay, somebody walks up. And I should have probably mentioned this in the beginning, that Charlie had a very noticeable birthmark right above one of his eyebrows. And so this guy that shows up behind Jay is 
a young guy, but he has the same birthmark. And we find out that this is young Charlie. What he would have been 28, but he has he's immortal somehow. <laughs> and he says he's been he's been around long enough to have shilled it for Barnum and Bailey. And at the same time, the boys are in Vernon's room and they see an old poster from one of their shows way back when they were younger. And it's Charlie with the birthmark as his young self. Too far back to justify what Charlie's age was. Right, right. So, like, they put two and two together that it's actually Charlie. Fun fact, the two actors that play Charlie in this episode are father and son. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Love it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, The other thing that Charlie, young Charlie, is talking to Jay and Vernon, because, you know, there's always the villain speech of, like, of course, this is my plan. This is how I did what I did. He said that P.T. Barnum actually gave him a powerful grimoire that contained a spell for immortality and the enchanted pack of tarot cards. And he used the he tells him that he used these things to give this gift to Jay and he wants Vernon and Jay to join him. He wants them to be immortal with him. And he's like, you know, you think the first time's fun. The second time's even better going around. But Jay and Verdon, they don't want to start all over again. Sam and Dean show up, of course. They kind of, or did they come in guns blazing again? I think they were a little more subtle this time. Now that there's three of them, they're like, oh, we don't need the guns. Just the one guy, we need the gun, though. They did have their guns out. No, they did did have their guns out. Because I remember, I remember Dean using his gun to like, do like this, to like Vernon and Jay to like move. I remember that. Hands. Mm. <laughs> well, Charlie hangs Dean with a new, the noose from the show, and Sam shoots Charlie. And then all of a sudden, Sam's on the, the table of death or whatever it was. Charlie catches the bullet with his mouth. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and just like spits it out. And he's like, that's the trick I've been working on. <laughs> and then Sam is on a table. And yeah. uh-oh. He's restrained. I haven't seen that before. It's been a while. God, all the time. (laughs) As this is all transpiring, we see Charlie and he grabs his stomach and he starts bleeding out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And then it pans over to Jay and Jay has this very fabulous dagger. It was a dagger. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like a knife, a pocket knife. It was like this fancy ass dagger. And Where did that come from? I don't know, but I liked it. And he st- well, and I noticed he stabbed himself with it, but when he pulled the knife out, it was very, it was very clean. Well, he had the immortality, remember? He Jay? Put, yeah. And he had put he pulled out that he had the enchanted tarot deck. He oh, that's it. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got it out of Charlie's pocket, and then Charlie reached in his pocket and pulled out a tarot card and was like, oh. And then when he fell down dead, it zoomed in and it showed that the tarot card he had was the magician. Mm-hmm. So the guys are released, Sam and Dean, and they go to meet Jay at the bar again. And Jay is sitting there playing with his deck of cards, looking real sad. And he tells them that Charlie was like my brother and now he's dead, all because I did the right thing. And Vernon doesn't want to talk to him anymore. Yeah, Vernon just took off because he killed Charlie. He says like now he has to be old and alone just so he could save those guys and do the right thing. Yeah. And he's pretty... Down about it. He leaves his cards on the table and the bartender even yells at him to that he left him and he's like, doesn't want him. Yeah. Which is super sad. I feel like he's probably just 
He's not headed in a good direction. Yeah, it was a really sad ending. Yeah. And it just kind of left it at that. Yeah, and Dean, no empathy really. He's like, I could do it. I could go for a beer. And Sam's like, um, I'm going to take a walk after mm-hmm. hearing all that depressing shit. But of course, he's not gone, gone on a walk. He meets Ruby in the alley in her car. And he says that he's in. He's in now. She asks what was the change of heart. And he says that he doesn't want to be an old man doing this. Yeah. And that was that. This was written by Julie Siege and directed by Robert Singer. Mm. No gore. I mean, I guess the goriest thing would have been the Ten of Swords victim at the very beginning. Yeah. I don't remember anything else being gory. Mm-mm. It was just sad. I know. It was just a depressing, sad episode. Like, it was fun, but sad. Yeah. That, super, that special supernatural cocktail that they seem to mix together so often where it's like, it was funny and depressing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Did you adore anything about this episode? No, I don't know that I adored it, but I did like Jay, Charlie, and Vernon. That's what I was about to say. I liked their little friendship. Their little dynamic, not the typical people that we see Sam and Dean coming to save. Yeah. It was fun. It was a cute episode. I liked it, but it was also really depressing and just like, I didn't need to be reminded that we're getting old and dying. Like, thanks, guys. True. Real cool. I did like that Vernon sent. Dean to the the club to get to meet up with Chief though that was funny all right well we'll move on to the lore for today's lore we're talking about magicians yay you don't say yeah becoming a magician means committing yourself to a code of ethics and never revealing your secrets oh wowing audiences means finding exciting illusionary ways to keep them enticed and wondering exactly how you even managed your last trick. Here, we're going to explore some of the most unbelievable magic secrets ever performed. Houdini and the upside-down water torture cell. Which Houdini, like, I've seen pictures of him, like, practically naked and just, like, in handcuffs and restraints and stuff, and I'm just like, what was his axe like? Ooh. Some of them he looks pretty buff, too. Just, I would think so. Just saying. Yeah. Have to get out of all that. Wiggle oh, around. Wiggle around and he's all topless with like a loincloth on. I'm like, what Ooh. is going on? Houdini. <laughs> Goodness. Anywho, the magic of Harry Houdini is still revered today and for a good reason. It's not his body. Maybe it's partly his body. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> 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 that confused me there for a second. His most difficult and dangerous magical escape trick was known as the water torture cell. In this insane escape, Houdini had his feet locked into a pair of stocks, and then he was lowered down into a tank of water. The tank of water, or cell, would then be concealed in a curtain cabinet, and then, after a few suspenseful packed minutes... Houdini would burst out from the cabinet, arms and legs free. The cell would still be securely locked when checked. Houdini's cell was purpose-built in England and cost thousands of pounds to create. The apparatus weighed over 650 kilograms and held over 1,100 liters of water. Houdini first performed the water torture cell at Circus Bush in Berlin in 1912. 
it became a core part of his act and remains perhaps his best kept secret. Next up, we've got Copperfield and the Statue of Liberty. David Copperfield remains one of the most popular contemporary magicians and his tricks fascinate audiences of all ages. His standout performance remains when he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. I remember this. Actually, there's no way I could remember this now that I'm seeing the year, but I remember seeing this somehow. Well, you might have seen something like a, yeah. something on TV about it, yeah. He made the Statue of Liberty disappear in front of live in front of a live television audience back in 1983. A real feat of innovation and intrigue. The trick involved raising a giant sheet to hide the Statue of Liberty and then lowering it to reveal it had completely vanished. A helicopter equipped with a camera crew passes through the space to prove 100% that the statue was truly gone. Explaining away this trick seems completely impossible. And of course, Copperfield was sure to restore Lady Liberty, Lady Liberty, while the audience looked on in amazement. When asked about the trick, Copperfield commented it was a statement about freedom, explaining how precious liberty is and how easily it can be lost. Hmm. Now we've got Penn and Teller catching bullets. A trademark of U.S. illusionists and renowned magicians, Penn and Teller, is the crowd-pleasing bullet catch. Penn and Teller are one of the most famous and successful magical duos of all time, performing as a double act since 1975. The bullet catch trick keeps audiences coming back to their Vegas show year after year. Both members of the duo are equipped with handguns and each fires a bullet at the other. Remarkably, both Penn and Teller catch the bullets in their mouths. People, of course, have called hoax on this trick, but the duo go to great lengths to prove its legitimacy. They have even asked audience members to load the initial bullet in advance in order to prove they are being fired. I don't know about that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, couldn't you just hide the bullet in your mouth somewhere? Right. And then blanks in the the bullet. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyhow, next one. We've got Dynamo walking on water. Dynamo is the 21st century's answer to Harry Houdini. And as audiences become more wise to illusions, he's had to work a little harder to capture audiences' attention. A global star, Dynamo has shows worldwide and a mass following. Yet he still managed to amaze almost everyone when he appeared to walk on water in 2011. Audiences watched on as Dynamo took to the River Thames. River River Thames? Thames? I think it's Thames. Something like that. It's not Thames. I know that. To Hames? I don't know. Thames? I just know I used to say the River River Thames, and then I heard somebody say, and I was like, oh, I was wrong. Well, anyways, he walked on that. Cool. He walked on that shit. Explanations for this trick simply do not stack up. And, of course, Dynamo isn't about to tell us how he managed it. One of the most amazing things about magicians and their work is its ever-evolving nature. Houdini's tricks are still performed, modified, and enhanced to this day, and there is always something new, exciting, and mysterious to try and understand. Magic is an ancient art form that consistently attracts new talent and gives audiences even more opportunities to push their minds and imaginations to the limit. Several of the magicians in this episode appear to be named as an homage to real-life magicians. 
particularly performers who are well-known in the field of magic, but not necessarily to the general public. Jay likely referred to Jay Marshall, an author, performer, and historian, as well as a founder of Magic, Inc. Vernon refers to Di Vernon, one of the most notable close-up magic close-up magicians of the 20th century and charlie likely refers to charlie miller who is considered one of the best performers for pure sleight of hand oh cool that's all i got nice uh to close it out we have a little combo between dean and sam where dean says what a douchebag sam says that's jeb dexter dean says i don't even want to know how you know that he's famous kind of for what douchebaggery <laughs> he was a douchebag yeah cheers cheers thank you for listening to denim wrapped nightmares follow us on twitter or instagram leave a review and let us know how we can get involved in the fandom this was fun jerk it always is bitch <laughs>